Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on The Porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I am JD, joining with the one and only Miss Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And for the first time, premiering on his first ever episode of Views from the Porch, we have the one, the only, Mr. John Elmore. How we doing? (laughs) JD, Laura, Porch Crowd, so good to be with y'all. Can't wait. Yes, we are so excited to have you, John. John is, if y'all don't know, uh, the director of what we call here at Watermark, our Monday night ministry that's called Regeneration or Regen. It's our recovery ministry here. And so, John, can you just kind of give our people that don't know just a little bit of background of what Regen is on Monday nights here? Yeah, totally. So we call it a one-year walk with God in community. So, um, a lot of times when people hear 12-step program or recovery, they're like, oh man, I don't, I don't stick needles in my arm and I'm not a sex addict. And so I don't, need, I don't need that. My roommate, my nephew, my brother, my cousin, he needs it, but I don't. Mm. It's, it's for everybody. Everybody's got something they're dealing with. Maybe it's things from the past, some unforgiveness, some hurt, maybe sexual abuse that suffered against you as a woman or man. Um, it's just everybody's dealing with something. And so it's a place to get healing. It's a place to get discipled. It's a place to get free. And that's Mondays at 630 at the Dallas campus. That is awesome. And if you are kind of hearing a different sound and like the microphones, just so y'all know, John is home FaceTiming in. We're so thankful. Are you, you're quarantining? How much longer do you have? Oh man, I don't even know. I think four or five days, our oldest son has COVID and it's a miracle of God that we have not gotten it yet either. So man, well, thanks for making time. Laura, you've done uh, region, right? Yes. And funny story. I actually, back when COVID wasn't a thing and you could like shake people's hands at church, I was sitting there on a Sunday and, you know, we had done the whole like music worship. This is so, so many years ago. Um, I was just going to the porch and I turned around and I met a guy who we're, we start talking and then he goes, oh yeah, I'm part of the uh, region recovery ministry. And in my heart, it was, it was so bad. I literally was like, oh, you're one of those guys. Mm. Like turn around, um, you're beneath me. And that is so awful. And so that pride right there is what landed me in region. The kind of like, um, I don't need this. Um, this is for people who are just kind of off the rails. And it's like, no, I needed it way more than that guy because I didn't recognize that I needed it. And yeah. my life was radically turned upside down in region. It was amazing. And now she's married to a region and guy. And now I'm, <laughs> now yeah. I'm married to the, the guy who works the most closely with John. Uh, very, yeah. very hot region guy. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, what I love about... What we're about to do together, guys, if you um, are driving, however you're listening right now, you want to tune into the next 20 minutes or so together because John has one of the most incredible stories that I have ever heard, and God has just done such a work in his life. And when I think about someone I want to listen to, to learn, you know, we all have so many struggles. We are broken people. Um, Romans 3 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all just have so much sin. And the Bible says that temptation, that sin is crouching around every corner waiting uh, to devour us. And the enemy is real. And if he can do anything, he wants to, to have people enslaved. 
He wants people to be in bondage. He wants us to be bound up and not free. And to think you can never get free. Yes. This is just your thing. You're always going to be stuck there. You're alone. No one has the same struggle as you. You're the only one dealing with this. And he wants to lie to you. And John has, man, he has spent his life helping people by pointing them to scripture, by pointing them to Christ to learn how to be free, whether it has been addictions to things for years and years, whether it's been a pride issue, yep. um, anything, he can he can really help point people to what freedom looks like. So much so that last month he released a book called Freedom Starts Today. And man, I have been seeing this thing blow up everywhere. Uh, I'm so excited to get to dive in myself. And, and I just, I've heard so many good things. I've been so encouraged by seeing what God is already doing through the book. And so, John, why don't you just start off by telling us kind of why you wrote Freedom Starts Today, the need you saw in people fighting addictions, and uh, just tell us a little bit about your own personal story and what led you to having such a heart for people um, that are struggling with finding freedom. Yeah, totally. So so let me start here because I think that people may tune out and think like, oh man, I'm not an alcoholic addict. And so this doesn't apply. Let me give you some statistics. So two out of three Christian men, these are these are men that are in the church, are addicted to porn, are giving it daily or weekly, monthly use. That's two out of three. And then one in six Christian women, that's within the walls of the church. And so there's a porn epidemic that's happening in the faith and then certainly outside of it. There's control and anxiety, which are through the roof. 2020 didn't do us any favors with Mm -hmm. that, just fire. And, uh, you know, pressure reveals problems. And so with all the pressure that we faced, over the past year, I mean, just brought things to the surface. And so psychiatrists and counselors are saying there's this wave coming of mental health because of control, anxiety, depression, mania, which is all the problems that have hit. And then you've got social media. And social media combined with pornography, that's created um, depression. And so some psychologists did a study and they're like, okay, we know that social media is leading people into depression, but we don't know why. So they did a follow-up study and they found what they called that it's happening because of social comparison, just looking at others, their follows, their likes, Mm -hmm. uh, how much they're getting. And so that's creeping in. And then also you're looking at all these pictures that have got filters and everything else, which is leading the body image struggles. And so there's, there's eating disorder, body image, all the different things that go along with that. You've got the sex hookup culture with the apps that are going on, codependency, relationship addiction, and then, of course, gambling. And then here in Dallas, something that we're familiar with is uh, work addiction, materialism, uh, just like consuming and status seeking in the resume building, substance abuse, pills, weed, K2, like all that's through the roof. There's an epi opioid crisis here in America, same-sex attraction, transgender stuff, the gaming um, happens. And so there's just like everybody's got something that mm-hmm. they're dealing with. It says in 1 John 1, 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. And so uh, with that broad brush of like everybody's dealing with something, here's what I would say is that at the age of 30 years old, I had a shotgun to my head. I had three doctors tell me, if you keep drinking like this, you're going to die. My family was doing an intervention. My drinking friends were telling me that I was drinking too much. I was just like coming undone. But here's the thing. I, I, I couldn't fathom a life without alcohol. And I didn't know the first thing about how to get free. And so it was this really defeating feeling of like, yeah, I, th- I think I am an alcoholic, although functional. Like I was... I was succeeding in an advertising career down in Austin, Texas, and then it transitioned into sales and was doing well financially. 
but internally just like destroyed physically and spiritually. And I didn't know the first step to take because it had become so ingrained in my life. And I was like, I don't know what you do on the weekend, what you do after work, what you do on a Saturday morning, what you do at Christmas, what you do at a wedding reception or on a vacation. I didn't have concept of life without alcohol. And so the reason why I wrote this book, Freedom Starts Today, is because it, it gives someone within the first 15 pages, this is what you do. It's not like read it for 300 pages, try to synthesize the data, learn about neuroplasticity, and then think about what you might do. This is like, I tell people, this is not a book you read. This is a book you do. And mm. you do it beginning on that day one so that people can walk out into freedom. And, and here's what I want people to know too. I'm not trying to sell books. Like We're about to give it all away for free to everybody who's listening because Jesus came to set people free and he does it for free according to his word, his spirit, and his people. So we'll get to talk about all that. That's good. Amazing. We've, it's been really, really cool to watch you live that, John. It's obvious that the spirit of God is alive in you. It's And I'm, I'm really glad that um, when you were 30, that, shot, that shotgun didn't, uh, that the story didn't end differently. Yeah. Yeah. So, John, for a lot of our people that are listening, you know, those 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 statistics are just, man, it's crazy to hear. And I think uh, I'm thinking about the people right now who are listening, who have been uh, struggling with pornography since they were in eighth grade. You know, now they're 28 or they're 30 or uh, the girl who has had body image issues since she was a teenager and makes herself throw up or um, the people who are just they don't even maybe realize that they are enslaved, that they are bound, that they, they have just kind of, like you said, that, that this is just my life. This is just the way it is. This is what I do. This is my thing. We all have our quote unquote demons, maybe people would say. Like what, one, how did you come to the realization that you actually had a problem? And, and, and how do people, how, how would you convince people they have a problem? And then two, um, what let's just talk about practical steps of actually overcoming when you've been a, when something's been a part of your life for so long and it seems like I don't even know a life without this. What are some first practical steps to start to be free? Yeah, bro, you're asking such good questions. So you would think after three doctors tell you you're dying because of alcohol and your family's doing interventions, you'd be like, oh, maybe I maybe I actually do have a drinking problem. My drinking friends are telling me that I drink too much, but it wasn't the case. I, I took an online assessment. Uh, just 12 simple questions. And we've got one at regenerationrecovery.org. There's an assessment um, that you can find there in the blog section. And what that gave me was objective data. Like, hey, if you're doing this, this, and this, odds are you've got an issue. So that's what compelled me. But that's not going to be the case for everyone. Like the spirit convicts people of sin and guilt. And your friends, your community around you, like they're going to be able to tell you, like you can ask them, like, hey, do you see anything in my life? But maybe they don't know. And, and so here's what I say is that every single person has something. We all have something we're dealing with. And then really wisely, JD, what you just said is I think what happens is, is we're like, you know, maybe I'll trust Jesus for my salvation, meaning I won't go to hell when I die. I'll go to heaven. But I have pled with God through tears to take this away, to, to take this desire that I've had since I was so young or whatever it may be, this addiction that I can't quit, the guy that I can't stop sleeping with or whatever it may be. Like you've pled with God, like I don't want to do it again. You're filled with so much shame and yet you return to it. And you're like, dude, it's, it's, it's Groundhog Day. 
it's, it's like amnesia. You're like, how did I get here again? I hate this. And yet you're drawn like a moth to the flame right back to it. And so I want to give people like really good handholds to get free because we have, we have bought a, a, a lie from Satan and he whispers it to you like, hey, either God doesn't care or you don't have enough faith. But here you are still struggling with this after a decade. And so this is just your lot in life. And that's just not true. Romans 6 says that we've been made new, crucified with Christ to walk again in newness of life. We're no longer slaves to sin. And so um, there is a way out. It's true. Jesus came to set the captives free. That's good. Yeah. What would you say to people who are just trying to white knuckle their way out of something that they're struggling with? Say, say I'm listening and I know that I shouldn't be uh, looking at porn or I am like pretty sure I have an eating disorder and I keep trying to quit and that only lasts for a couple of days. What would you say to that person? I would say that... Uh, all that is, is is that you're human. Like God, you can't war against sin. You have no power. You have no, sin is a supernatural problem that demands a supernatural answer. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, it's not your job. Like the reason why you're exhausted and why you're failing and why your New Year's resolution has already come undone and you've already blown it is because you can't. Like th- there was a study by Forbes and Inc. Magazine and they said, why do people drop their New Year's resolutions after two and a half weeks? And the, the survey was, we don't have enough willpower. And it's like, of course, because your willpower is not greater than sin's power, mm. but God's power kills sin. And so what you do, you got to bring God into the fight. And, and here's what people forget. The Holy Spirit, it is his job. Like the Holy Spirit's job description, one of them is to kill sin. You, you can't kill sin no matter how hard you try. You just can't. God has ordained that he is the one and so you just, you ask him on a daily basis and he's the one that'll set you free. Yeah, that, I love that. That idea there at the end of the, the daily basis. I, I, from what we've had conversations about the book um, and kind of, can you kind of tell me for people going, hey, I think I want to get this book. What will I find when I get it? Um, when it comes to finding freedom, isn't there like, tell them about the 24 hours and like the, yes. the charge you give and the call you give, that practical step of, man, it seems like, I can't get past two months. So the longest I've ever gone without doing this or falling back into this is uh, like 21 days or whatever. Like what, what, how do you help people make actually like a substantial amount of time free from their sin? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you like an axiom and then I'm going to tell you my personal story and then I'm going to tell you what scripture says. So the axiom is don't focus on forever, focus on today. Like forget trying to quit for life. Like that's, that's the white knuckling that Laura just asked about. Like, I'm just going to muster up the willpower and I'm going to, I'm going to work my way through this. You can't don't focus on forever. Focus on today. If you tried to climb Mount Everest today, you would die in the process. But if instead I was like, well, Hey, can you walk 100 yards? You'd be like, yeah, I can walk 100 yards. They're like, cool, let's walk 100 yards. And then the next day, let's walk another 100 yards. And in doing so over a long course of time, you'd climb that mountain of sin, you'd conquer it. And so that's what I tell people. And so how I got free from this, you know, alcoholism that I thought was going to take me to the grave and was, is I had this guy say, could you, by God's strength, not drink for the next 24 hours? And I was like, yeah, I can, but that's stupid. Like, I don't need to quit for 24 hours. I need to quit for life. I, I need like serious health. I don't need a day. I can go a day without drinking. He's like, yeah, well, 
can you and will you? And I was like, sure, whatever. He's like, okay, cool. Then call me this time tomorrow and let me know how you did. And in that moment, what he did is he sent me off on an errand to go get on my knees and to ask God to keep me sober that day. And then the other, so that he's bringing God into the fight. The other thing that he was asking me to do is to follow up with him the next day. I had made a proactive decision and I knew I was going to have to call Charlie from AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, down in Austin, Texas, the next day. And so that night when my friends are like, hey, let's go down to the pubs on 4th Street, I was like, dude, I can't. I made this decision. I asked God and and Charlie's going to ask me if I drink. And so it strengthened my resolve in that moment. And so I call him the next day and he's like, hey, did you stay sober? I was like, yeah. He's like, by God's strength? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, did you pray? I'm like, yeah, I prayed. He's like, great. Then it was by God's strength. Do you want to go another 24? Do you want to re-up for another 24 hours? And I'm like, dude, how long are we going to do this? (laughs) And he's like, forget it. Like, will you go another 24 hours? And what happened is that I went 24 hours, I went 48, I went 72, I went a week, I went a year, and now I'm 15 years free. Mm. Wow. The more distance you get from the sin, the more free you, that, that, that pull lessens. And so in doing so, Jesus says in the scriptures, he says, I'll give you daily bread. He doesn't say annual bread. He doesn't say lifetime bread. If he gave me lifetime bread, I'd see him once in my life. He knows that. Instead, he's like, here's enough for today. I'll see you tomorrow. And so it's this daily walk with God. But this is important. People usually make if, if this alone, they'll make a reactive confession. Like, man, I looked at porn and masturbated, or I slept with my girlfriend, or I, you know, I withheld myself from food again, whatever it may be. It's a confession after the fact. Now that's good and right. That's James 5.16. We should. But what if, because the damage is already done. So what if instead of making a reactive confession, you made a proactive confession? decision. And before you even send, you said for the next 24 hours, by God's strength, I'm not going to do this. And I'm going to tell somebody in my life and I'm going to follow up with them the next day. That's how it's going to walk you into freedom. Man, that is good. That's so practical. And like, like you said, I think a lot of people, it can seem really overwhelming to think of a life without something, but can you think of a day without something? And Again, another another reality check is if you can't think of a day without something, um, that thing probably has more of control of you than you than you've admitted yet, and like that's that's when you get to come to a place of going, man, I don't even know if I could go a day without this, and even just that awareness, that realization is the first step to be able to be able to get to a place eventually to go a day without it, and yeah. so go ahead. Well, people, so here's what people are probably thinking as they're listening. They're like, yeah, but I don't do it daily. Like I don't look at porn daily. I don't hook up with girls daily. I don't drink daily. So I don't need this daily thing. And I'd say, well, if, if the sin in your life is a recurring pattern and it's not something that you're able to shake, even though you hate it and you don't want to go back to it, um, even if it's not daily, you still need to start this daily practice, this proactive decision in community, bringing God into the fight, because you never know which day that, that text or swipe or whatever is going to come when you're going to give in, when you're going to be weak. But if you're already in this offensive mode, you've gone on the offense, um, then you've already made the decision in that day. And so when temptation comes knocking, you're able to resist because you've already made the decision. Hmm. Yeah, I I want to just really quickly, this is going to sound like left field, but I promise I'm going somewhere with this. I want to just break the stigma of the word recovery even, because it really does sound like just a bad thing. And the truth is some people listening today need to be in recovery daily from gossip, need to be in like, need to 
look at your friends and say, hey, for the next 24 hours, we're not going to talk bad about anyone. Or for the next 24 hours, I'm going to commit to eating three full meals instead of um, choosing and limiting how much food I eat. And I'm going to call somebody and, and I am in recovery from X. And it doesn't have to be this big, like, oh my gosh, uh, the things that you would think of on um, an addict movie, like a, like a, Hollywood dramatized, I'm an alcoholic. Um, but even just recognizing whoever's listening, like this recovery really is for everyone. Every single one of us are in recovery every single day from sin. If you have the spirit of God inside of you and it's so important to be free of sin because, uh, first Timothy two twenty one says that our vessels can be pure and honorable. And that's how we're going to be ready for good use. Um, yes to the master. So we're going to be productive in life. The elders of our church are going through our recovery ministry right now. Like they're going through the 12 steps right now. Our elders, like these incredible godly men, and they realize that we know we we have stuff in our lives that we need to get free of. And so they are doing that. That's awesome. So it sounds, just saying it back up to you as we start start to wrap up, it sounds like what you're saying um, in this kind of like beginning this journey towards freedom is one, hey, you have to bring God into the equation. Stop fighting supernatural problems with superficial solutions. Like it has to be a supernatural response. And I always say, hey, to the degree of which the sin has over your life is the degree of even more so that you have to fight it. Yeah. You know, if it's a stronghold, then you have to fight strongly. You have to go through extreme measures because some people could hear this and go, man, this sounds so extreme like you did uh, with your friend who was helping you out. It's like, this is so intense, you know? And it's like, yeah, well, sin is intense and it's, and its job is to destroy you to the point of death. It's coming for you. And it's coming for you intensely. So you have to come for it intensely. And so it sounds like you're saying, hey, it's, you got to bring God into this because he is the only way that you're going to be able to get out. And then you have to bring others into it. You have to, you can not do this alone. And I think that's the problem is what's so interesting about sin is it tells you that you're the only one struggling. So then you isolate, even, even if you're around people all the time, physically, mentally, you isolate. And, you, and you, you, you put up an image and you put up walls and you don't let people in. Therefore, the result is, is you're doing it alone. You're struggling alone. And so it's just so important. So what if for people right now who are like, man, I don't even know if my friends around me currently are equipped to help me in this way that you're talking about. How would you encourage people to get in the right kind of community uh, that can actually help them in the way that you're talking about? Yep. JD, that's a great recap. So I would tell them, here's what you do is you go first. Vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Hmm. And are they equipped? Like, like who knows, but that's not the issue. Like the spirit of God, again, he's the one that kills sins. You surround yourself with others. He says, confess your sin and pray for each other so that you may be healed. It doesn't say like if the guy's got a seminary degree, it says you (laughs) confess, they pray, you get healing. And so here's what you do is you sit, you go to your boys or your girls and you're like, Hey, Let's, let's go check out this thing on Monday night. Let's go see. Let's go together. We've all mm. got something we're dealing with. And you go first. You tell them, like, man, I've been looking at porn since I was eight years old. I got exposed as a kid, and I can't shake it. 20 years. Are you kidding me? I don't want to take this into marriage. And so let's all go together. You probably got something you're dealing with. If not, just come with me as my friend and support me. Or you may grab Freedom Starts Today and be like, let's do this as a small group. Like, let's gather in my apartment, and let's walk through it together and start warring proactively against sin. But you take that first step you've got to. Otherwise, this is just a podcast and you're going to go deeper into your thing. Man, that is so good. Yeah, John, that is really, really good. And I I just want to acknowledge the confidence 
like John just kind of casually said like, yeah, I'm really struggling with this thing. And I've been addicted to this since I was in eighth grade. And let's go to this recovery ministry. And the enemy's going to do anything he can to keep you silent. And so even that step of just saying it out loud, you've got to know that God has forgiven you. Like that's literally the gospel. That's literally Jesus died to take all of your sin, all of your shame, and he was raised to life again so that you don't have to hunker down. It doesn't matter what you say. You can say, I'm struggling with this. And that doesn't make you less than. So lose the, I'm scared of what people are going to think of me. I'm scared if they're going to reject me. And, and, um, know that Jesus has already said that you are righteous and clean and free if you have trusted in his death and resurrection for salvation. Mm-hmm. Totally. Right. And here's a, all 8 billion people on this earth have sin. That is the common denominator of mankind. Like your best friend that you think is awesome, he's got sin. Your girlfriend, she's got sin. Like everybody's got something. And so just like be free. It's, it's not as scary as it thinks. And God's the one that's going to slay this for you. That's right. Well, man, uh, John, thanks so much for just dropping so much truth. And yeah. y'all, seriously, I would highly encourage you to go check out Freedom Starts Today and grab some friends, open it up together and say, hey, we're going to fight sin together. We will live. Jesus Christ died so that we can be free, not be partially free, but to be free. And I just love whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And it's time that we start being a free people. And guys, when you do that, anxiety, depression, um, suicidal thoughts, all of those things are going to lose its grip in your life. And you're going to start to experience happiness, joy, peace, all those different things that come with what it looks like to be free. I know that's what we're searching for. And so, John, thanks so much. And um, man, I... I hope that people come across it. I hope you guys share this with friends because like you said, I need it. Laura, you need it. John, you need it. We need the reminder that we're all broken and we all need a savior to be free. And so that's I've all I have. I've got my copy. JD, you have yours. We yeah. both have copies of Freedom uh-huh. Stars today. John, you have a copy, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You can borrow ours if you want. I, th- I think you're. I think you were just telling me, like, man, you need to go through that again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was subtle, but yeah, that was the goal. That's actually why we had you on here today. Yeah, it's an intervention. So <laughs> was well, that? Y'all have anything else? We good? No, this is this is great. All right. Well, as always, uh, you guys, if you have any questions, if you have uh, questions about regeneration at Watermark, how to get um, involved in it, you can come any Monday at six thirty, um, and it, you literally can come any Monday. They have it's such a cool way that it's set up that you don't have to come on a certain day, any Monday, you can come to Watermark at 6.30 and get right involved and get get started with Regen. And uh, if you have any other questions. If you're in Dallas. So that's if you're in Dallas. If you're listening from somewhere else, there are lots of locations who have Regen at other churches who have literally adopted what what we're doing at Watermark here in Dallas. So just look up regenerationrecovery.com. I think it is. Is that right, John? Dot org. Dot org. Okay, dot org. And you can find a location near you and literally do it on the map. Yep. And so uh, highly recommend that. Highly recommend getting Freedom Starts today. And as always, if we can answer any more of your questions, you can email us at info at the porch.live. But until next week, uh, you guys have a great week and we'll see you on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.